Esther. Hi, Romina. And, and hello, hello, fellow overthinkers. This is Still Having Fun Podcast, and we're so excited to host you for the next hour to talk about political, social, cultural topics with a dash or handful of pop culture. So basically everything and anything we want to talk about. Keep in mind that the opinions we share are based on our personal and limited experiences. We will also put a timestamp of the topics we discuss in case a subject is ever triggering. So thank you so much for being with us wherever you are in the world. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hi, everyone. Hello, and welcome back for this fourth episode of Still Having Fun Podcast. Yes, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Yeah. We want to mention that we're recording episode four on the traditional lands of Odonosone and Mohawk peoples. Mm -hmm. And today we'll be talking about dating as well as breakups and dating shows. Ooh, yes. And I know that you were super excited for this episode. Yes! I'm super excited as well. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But mm -hmm. when I opened our notes, <laughs> I saw that Romina had added like 15 points and oh, all like different guilty. topics that are so broad. I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get through this? <laughs> we need to do an episode a of five hours. Yeah, part two. <laughs> yes. And before we get into dating and mm. that topic i do want to say that romina is one of the founding members of for better mm -hmm. which is a nonprofit that makes learning about your rights accessible and you also kind of wanted to share with us what consent means in canadian law mm -hmm. before we kind of dive into those subjects so yes. if you want to share of course of course so that's the thing with consent is that it's a very large definition It has a, a, it's a broad a, term. It's a broad term. Yeah. And most people, they would make reference of the, let's say, the age of consent, which is when is the right time to say, okay, I'm aware of what I want and I'm aware yeah. of my decisions, my dating decisions. Yeah. But it's so much more than just that. And I'm not going to like tell the whole article of law, but mm -hmm. if anyone is interested in the section of the article 265 in the Canadian Criminal Code, they already define some points that I think is very important to know mm -hmm. because it's so much more than just saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. It's constant, constant. So let's say you were texting with a guy and something. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, I like this guy. You know, I'm going to go to his place. At some point, there is sexual uh, tension, let's say, on yeah. text. And then you go, you do the, the step, you bring your alcohol, everything. And when you're there and let's say now you're like naked and the guy as well, and you're yeah. like pursuing this, you have the right to, to retreat your consent and say, until this point, I wanted it, but yeah. now I don't want it. And they have to be respectful of it. So you can retreat your consent at any moment. And not only in the action, but also yeah. if there are changes of the action. So let's say you consent to do this. And then at some point... I don't know, he takes the content out. Well, again, you didn't consent that new situation. And it applies as much for you as for the partner, you know? So it's not only like gender-based. It has to be constantly consentful. Yeah. And just to let people know, the law, it's something that really changes. It's like a life thing, you know? It progresses with yeah. different cases and scenarios. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it takes so many meanings and so many different contexts and forms. And we have to be aware of 
the importance of what you have to say when you are uh, agreeing to do something with your body, something yeah. with someone else, and that implies someone else's decision and constant. So, so yes, that was a very small definition of the big complex concept. And I invite you to be more interested in know more about what the law says because at the end of the day it's to protect us mm -hmm. you know so yeah and i love what you said about consent because you bring it in a way that's very much taking ownership of your consent yes and i think a lot of fear around consent is really not knowing when to ask, how many times to ask. And at the end of the day, when you put it on yourself to say, you know what, you can change your mind. You can mm -hmm. say, I'm not into this anymore. I don't want to. I want to go home. I want to do this. Yeah. It makes it so that then you own your consent. Yes. And I think it's a much more accessible way. Not that it's not accessible, you know, to check in. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people would also appreciate that the person is then bringing up their own consent and also letting them know I'm comfortable and like, yes, let's do it. Or you know what? Like, I, I'm not into this anymore. Exactly. And that kind of takes the responsibility of someone having to think about it. Yep. Because, you know, when you're comfortable in a situation, sometimes it goes so fast and you're not thinking of, oh, did I check in enough? Or mm -hmm. did I check in, you know, at these important moments that that person might have changed their mind or yep. something might have changed in the, in their mood or, or their intentions. Yeah. And so I think it's a great way to make Make sure that any sort of interaction or relationship exactly. is and, consensual. And just if I can add this, uh, you know, in the last episode, we talked about the movie Notebook and how the guy said, hey, you want to date me? And she said, yes. And then he's like, oh, but you're not saying it. Like, mm. honestly, it, do you really want to date me? And she's yeah. like, yes, I want. That wasn't consensual, even though she said, yes, I want. Why? Because she wasn't aware not that she wasn't aware but she wasn't pressured uh, she was pressured exactly yeah context is important the context is very important and not only the external context but also how you're feeling you know mm -hmm. so many different situations happen where you know some people are very into like extreme sex and they're like even if i go uh, unconscious you keep going well again you know is this consentful and i think that in the court they and I hope I'm not mistaking it. And please correct us if anything we're saying it's not right. But when a situation like that happened in the past, the court said that wasn't consentful. Like, yes, she consented. Yeah, you consent up to the point that you're able to. Exactly. But this girl, she said, I'm giving you my consent. Even though I'm unconscious, you keep going. And I think the women die. Yeah, if I'm, if I I'm remember mistaken. hearing that as well. And they said, you know, we have to change again the definition of consent. Because even though she said, yes, I want, you know, there was no pressure. That's what she liked and that's fine. But when she was unconscious, mm -hmm. she needed help. But the guy, he's like, well, she said, even though she's unconscious, I should mm -hmm. keep going. And yes, she said it. But, you know, where does that bring us? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's something that we really need to be aware and also to know that we have a protection with the law, at least it's something that is changing and we need to speak up, but also we need to be interested in knowing our rights. The law is was created for us and not having access to it is like not having any rights. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, I mm -hmm. think it's important to know yeah. to know about the, the whole definition of consent. Absolutely, but for yeah. sure. And, you know, if we go into more 
personal experiences Mm -hmm. you have some around dating and being a type one diabetic as well and what that brings on did you have any fears around that being in the dating world where it would come up or you were scared that it was going to be an issue Mm -hmm. how did you feel about that yes i think that finding love in general is hard as it is yeah but being a type 1 diabetic with an insulin pump which is a little needle that keeps me alive you know Mm -hmm. and i have i need to have in my body like 24 7 adds a layer of complexity Mm -hmm. into my love situation Mm -hmm. and finding the right guide and everything luckily i i think i found him (laughs) But yes, it's definitely not a very simple or easy thing to do to kind of put myself there and say, hey, I know I'm not completely healthy, let's say, yeah, uh, because my pancreas doesn't work. I have a diseased organ in me. I'm like a zombie. <laughs> but <laughs> that's something I would say. I'm Romy the zombie. <laughs> because yeah, it's essentially dead in a way, right? Well, that's it. Yeah. It is. <laughs> because insulin was, it's made up. It's something that you can find in a plant. You can, yeah. you know, it's something that needs to go into a laboratory. And it's definitely not easy. And, and I have some examples, you know, that I think that you can't. I can't relate. You can relate, yeah. of course, <laughs> because you or your partner are not diabetes. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, you know, like sometimes I wake up and my blood sugar is low. Because that, that's what diabetes is, is that my blood sugar is not balanced or autoregulated like it is in your case, for example. Mm-hmm. So it can be high or low. Okay. And both scenarios, it's dangerous for my life, but also I need to intervene. So when it's high, I need insulin, so it comes back to the normal. And when it's low, I need sugar, so it comes to the normal again. Yeah. I always need to be like in a certain level. And when it was low in the morning, well, I'm like, I need juice, I need sugar, I need something. And if we don't have, well, he has like to run to the groceries to get me some orange juice, for example. And also uh, something that a lot of people, they don't know is that insulin is a hormone. So I have an imbalancement of my hormones. And when Mm -hmm. I get stressed, when I get happy, when I get Mm -hmm. excited, it does plays with my level of sugar. Yeah. So that, that is something very broad very large mm-hmm. but it's something that you know not everyone is able to accept it and even you know to start a family or something it's something that i need to plan years before because if my blood sugar is not controlled and it's not balanced i can have a kid i mean yes i can get pregnant at any stage mm-hmm. of my even if i'm unhealthy or not mm-hmm. but the problem is if i don't have a good blood sugar yeah my my baby can be deformed. So that's why I have to avoid every sugar for nine months, you know. And I know not everyone will be able to deal with that. Not everyone. Mm-hmm. And I remember even thinking to myself, uh, one time there was a, a diabetic guy who like approached me. He's like, you know, you're diabetic. I'm diabetic type one too, you know, like it makes sense. We can have a, a very beautiful, sweet life together. Something like that, you know, something very cheesy like that. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure if I'm able to deal with a diabetic. And, you know, when I had that kind of reflection, <laughs> I, was, thought, yeah. I was like, maybe that's what some guys were thinking. Because it is a decision and not only for them, but also when that guy says, oh, you know, I'm ready to make this new step with Romina and be more like a serious relationship. And yeah. they go and they tell that to their, their parents, their mom or their dad. One of the first questions will be like, is she going to die soon? You know, mm-hmm. like, 
what does that mean? Because at the end of the day, yes, they want to protect their child, but at the same time, it's like there's so much ignorance around, around it. And the dating world is definitely a very, very scary thing. I always say that. I'm like, I'm so happy I'm not in the dating world anymore. Because it's true that there is a lot of decisions, let's say, that you have to take. Like, yes, I want to deal with this person that I really like mm -hmm. and whatever. But also we need to be honest and say, am I able to deal with her flaws? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different take on if you're dating someone that It's has diabetes. I'm curious to know what's the difference because I know that you're type one mm -hmm. diabetic, but I don't even know what that means. So okay. what's the difference between type one and other types? Well, this is a quick, a, a big question. If it's like, if you were to kind of, you yeah, know, I, I'm gonna say, yeah, recap I'm gonna, it. I, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> resume very like Briefly. short, exactly. So there are two types of, of uh, diabetes, type one and type two. Both. Oh, I thought there were three. Wow. No, I'm already learning. Okay. <laughs> no, there are only two. Okay. And sometimes they say, but you have like the worst diabetes. Aren't you like type two? It sounds like it's more advanced. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not really what it is. So the difference with, between type one and type two is mm -hmm. that my pancreas is dead and type two, their pancreas still work, but they need help. Oh. So some, that's why if they do, you know, they exercise, they eat well. Uh, it's manageable they, it's manageable yes okay in my case no even if okay. i would eat salad every day i still need insulin yeah because my pancreas doesn't work at all and in my case type one it doesn't come from a let's say a physical or bad healthy routine there's not cause there's not causes yet recognized by the medical field mm -hmm. but the expert the health experts that are very interested in what causes type one diabetes are the psychologists. So they think that when you have a big trauma, mm -hmm. you can develop type 1 diabetes. So it's more traumatic. It's more wow. like psychologic. And that's something that I'll be happy to explain maybe in another episode yeah. because like I said, it's very broad. Yeah. But yes, just to get back with the dating world, it is a different, very different way to see dating. Mm -hmm. um, because yes, my biggest flaw is that I'm a sweet woman. <laughs> <laughs> A sweet girl, <laughs> but but it definitely adds a, a layer of complexity. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> My pleasure. And those anxieties are, are kind of different ways of navigating your love life, if you will. Yes. It brings up dating norms, right? Mm -hmm. And just different things that we kind of impose on ourselves or think that we should impose on ourselves. Or your friends that say, or, you, you know, like the society say like, you know, you have to do that. You can do that. Or that yeah, kind of absolutely. And it's interesting because we're at a time where we're moving away a lot from gender norms and gender roles. But yeah. these norms are like, they're a lot stronger than we think they are. And they're yes. a lot more in us than they seem. Uh -huh. And one of them that comes to mind for me, that's a big one, is the man having to pay for the bill. Like for in the first date. Having know, to pick up thing. the bill or even yes. any date. Like it's interesting because I like paying for things mm -hmm. just as much as, you know, I like being treated to something. Of course, yes. But sometimes even if I don't want it to come up or affect me, If let's say I go on a date and like the guy doesn't offer 
Mm. I'll be like, oh, why didn't? And then, you know, it'll take me a couple seconds and I'll be like, no, no, no. Like, screw that. You know, like I'm way fine with paying my half. (laughs) And I think that when I hear about my friends going on different dates and the guy paying and they're going to this place, I'm like, how much money are these guys making? Because it's expensive to pay for dates every time. It is. And some guys, it's not even just the food, but it'll be, you know, if you do an activity after or if you go shopping for something like it's crazy. And it's one of the things I think that's going to have to radically change Mm. if we want to continue with the equal pay discourse and the whole movement. Yes. I mean, then it's not going to be fair or it's not going to make sense for men anymore to pay for everything and Mm. to pick up every check. Mm. And it's not going to make sense for women to have that expectation. Of course, there's always going to be those relationships that work in those more traditional gender roles. Yeah. And that's totally fine. But I'm just saying as an overall expectation, I think Mm. it's going to have to to change and to... Like to evolve. To evolve into something uh, a bit more equal. It's a bit having the choice also, right? I remember when I was in in, in, dating, in the dating world and I had like, you know, a couple of dates here and there. And yeah. I remember thinking, oh my God, this is very expensive because mm. I would always push like, hey, no, don't worry, I'll, I'll pay for this time, you'll pay for next time. But I'm like, I don't really want to see that guy n- n- another mm. time. So, you know, I just lost my money. Like, why would I even <laughs> try to be like a gentler girl, let's say a gentler yeah. woman, <laughs> if, if, you know, I'm, I don't even have that interest to see them again. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing is that usually people would, well, not usually people would say, but it's more like a, a tactic, kind of like, don't worry, I'll pay for this time, you'll pay me for next time. It means there is a next time. So you kind of owe me, you know, mm-hmm. to at least see me again. So it's like a tactic. Yeah. And, you know, like I do that with my friends and I'm more than happy. And just by the way. Because you know you're going to want to see them oh, again. That, well, that's it, yeah. of course. And just by the way, I still owe you a Starbucks, <laughs> <laughs> which I will pay. But, but you know, I don't mind with my friends. But when it came with dates, it's like, ugh, like he paid this now i feel like i owe him something like next time i have to invite him invite him for a coffee or whatever because he did pay for that but it's something that really like made me think about that's his way kind of like Mm -hmm. take ownership with me and yeah and and that's that's one of the do's that are very uh recommended when going on a date you know and obviously problematic i used to wonder when i Mm -hmm. heard about men paying for all these things or when they were paying for me I mean I wasn't I was never in the dating world for that long I'm very much a relationship person yeah even when I wasn't looking for one (laughs) it found me but I've always wondered what was the expectation or the exchange Mm -hmm. when someone pays for you yeah they pay for your drinks at the bar you know they pay for what because sometimes it's not even a formal sit down full dinner date it's just drinks at the bar right yeah and so what do you owe that person? And I'm, I'm not saying people do it because they want to be owed something, no, no, but no. I'm just saying it, it does come up and it does yes. beg the question of, do I owe them a talk? Do I owe them a thank you? Do I owe them a dance? Do I owe yeah. them another date? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what are you giving up as a woman or as a man? Because now a lot of women are paying and yep. it's more equal. Mm. I think we still have some work to do, but it does happen more now. And so it, yeah, you kind of wonder, well, what am I signing up for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I remember my friends, they will like scream at me almost, say like, hey, when it comes to a guy, if he doesn't offer to pay, you say, 
never again. Yeah. And I feel like that's a red flag for them. Yeah. And I never really agreed, but I think it has this like subtle agreement, like you just said, of, mm, okay, then I'm agreeing. When you pay for me, I'm agreeing to see you again because you kind of like, you pay for that, for my mm -hmm. presence. And I, have yeah. a, and I have a friend that she's very <laughs> savage. I love her to death and I love how bold she can be sometimes. Yeah. And one time she went with this guy that, you know, <laughs> she, she has like a soft spot for him, but it's complicated. It's complicated. There you go. <laughs> and, and she was on a date with this guy. And one time he like just to to make a joke because he would always pay for when they would go on date. He, he was like, oh, uh, no, no, she's going to pay. <laughs> and then she's like, there's no way I'm paying for spending time with him. <laughs> You know, it was just a joke. He was like, no, no, actually, I'm going to pay. And, and Oh, my I, gosh. I, that was her thought process? No, no. She said it. Oh, she said she it? She said it. She said to the waiter, I think. Oh. Um, the waiter or waitress, whatever. But, yeah, she said it in front of him. And... Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and, you know, they have this connection of they know each other for a long time, whatever. So, she is comfortable to say that kind of comment. Yeah. But I know that when... Like, that's how she thinks. And like her, I have a lot of friends that it would be like, Romina, don't pay. But just, you know, you can always make this like, it's a game. It's a dance of, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay. No, no, no. Don't uh, yeah, just I offer. Uh, me too. For me, it's like, don't be, uh, it's like not being No, authentic. like when I say I'm going to pay, like, I will, like, I, want. I will attach you to your chair and like, pull out my card me and like too. you know like me it's too. like i'm not i'm, I'm serious. not joking around exactly here, like, it's like i'm serious yeah but there is a lot of like offer to pay but don't let them pay that yeah. kind of thing yeah and you can tell right yeah. like don't you think that yeah. you can tell when someone's like oh, i'm gonna pay. no no i got it okay thank you <laughs> next time it's on me you know that kind of thing yeah but for me that's like a do or a don't in dates and how much i have to be respecting those mm -hmm. Uh, subtle do and don'ts that the society tells us to say or do just for the sake to have a perfect mm -hmm. dating well a perfect date experience exactly so i think that we have to be honest with ourselves and sometimes when there's not like chemical chemistry chemistry <laughs> Oops. when there's no chemistry well there's no chemistry and that's it you know yeah. And kind of like not overdo it. Yeah. For women, usually they are the, you have to do be overdressed. And, you know, good for you if that's what you do. And if you, for if me. that's that, how you feel your best. For me, that's an opportunity, you know, to dress up. And, yeah. you know, good, yeah, yeah, good yeah. for me if I yeah. like it. But I know some friends, they never wear makeup. <laughs> so yeah. when they go on a date, they have this expectation of, I have to look like Barbie. And they don't like that. So they just go on dates and they don't wear makeup. And that's their way to say, this is who I am. That's what you're signing for. You know, like, yeah. I don't wear makeup. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend I do because this is a date. Don't pretend to yeah. like be interested if you're not. Yeah, no, and there's definitely that pressure. I think there is. Yes. I wish I could wear a crew neck to like every date I go on <laughs> well, with my boyfriend. I mean, I do. And I, I'm so happy that the street style for women is getting to a point or a comparable point to where the men's street style is mm. it's a lot more chill you know even at the office yeah and in casual like bars and restaurants and stuff like that like i feel as though there's less that pressure but yeah 
you know, I even went to an art show last night and every woman there had, and I'm not going to play the card. Like I'm not like other girls, I swear, <laughs> but every woman had, you know, heels and a dress, right? Okay. Cause you're at an art gallery and I had right. like, <laughs> I had like a crew neck and like sneakers and whatever. And it's just because it fit with the vibe as well. Like of it course. was a super artsy streetsy show. Yeah. So I was fine wearing that, but I heard men complimenting women saying elegant, classy, all these words that encompass the traditional style yeah. of women in dresses, in heels, yeah. with their hair done, with their little dainty jewelry. And I right away, whenever they would use those words, although they wouldn't say, you know, it's because you're wearing a dress, like you can tell that those those words, that choice mm. of words meant that they were complimenting the fact that they were those more traditional or dressed up styles. Yeah, that's like the setting up the expectation of what a woman should should yeah. wear kind of thing. And I just want to mention this. Esther has an amazing, amazing style. I do love it. Oh my god. You're like Thank comfy you. but very stylish. <laughs> very comfy. That's <laughs> number one criteria. But no, you are a very stylish person. Thank and you. and <laughs> and I just wanted to ask you mm -hmm. how awkward it is to receive a compliment. Yeah. How do you take it, you know? And and some people, they would mm -hmm. be like, oh, you're saying just that because you love me. And, you know, it's also the way how we're taking compliment, you know? Sometimes we're going to be like, no, no. Or sometimes we're going to be like, oh, I know. Mm -hmm. And in both scenarios, they're going to say either you're lacking self-confidence or you're, you're too cocky. cocky. Exactly. And for me, it always was like a very awkward situation to receive compliments, you know? is as awkward as when you're receiving a, a gift it's like oh thank you mm -hmm. you know but there's some kind of like expectations like i gave you that gift you know how are you receiving it's, it yeah it's so interesting i have an obsession with deconstructing social norms yeah and that's one where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't right exactly. because if you say as you say yeah. thank you so much i know or or just even yeah. thank you so much without saying oh, you're exaggerating, oh no, like that's not true, mm. then you're kind of like, you're expected to follow up with that. Although yeah. if you do, yeah. you shouldn't have, exactly. right? And it's the same thing with gifts. I mean, if you yeah. don't say you shouldn't have, this is too much, oh yeah. my goodness, like you're yeah. out of your mind, you exactly. got me this, then it's like, it's so weird. Social yeah. norms are so weird because we're all aware of it. Yeah. We all hate it. Yeah. But When it comes down to it, if we don't do it, it's yeah. so awkward. Exactly. And it's hard to move away from that. Yeah. It truly is. Because it puts you on the spot, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same thing when someone says, I love you. Then now it's your spot. Oh my And gosh. it's like, yeah. you, if you say, I love you, okay. But if you don't say it, it means you don't love me. But who said that that was the moment to say, I love you, you know? Yeah. And that comes with compliment. And just as a little like personal experience when I was young when I was very young my mom uh I would receive compliments in front of my mom and again I was in scenario a where I was like oh no no it's not true I'm not cute and my mom she's like Romina don't say that you it seems like you don't have self-love uh, for yourself or whatever okay. And then I'm like, okay, so next time I receive a compliment, oh, I know, right? I'm so beautiful. And my mom's just like, oh my God, Romina, you, you're too cocky. Like, you have to tone it down. And I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And then my mom's answer was, just give a compliment back. So if someone says, 
I love your hair. Now it's your physical, it's a physical compliment. So I was dying to look for like a physical compliment to mm -hmm. give back. So it's like, oh, I love your hair. I love your eyes. Mm. Oh, I love your shirt. I love your purse. Oh I love gosh. your... It's the whole like <laughs> compliment Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. I love your sense of humor. I love how smart you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and you know, that's something that I really trying to disconstruct. Discon deconstruct. Deconstruct. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Because I know I am still doing it. Mm -hmm. And every time my mom, she would say a compliment, I'm like, oh, she's expecting a compliment back for me. And it's not that I don't think that she's beautiful. I find my mom beautiful, gorgeous, smart, courageous, and all of those beautiful compliments. But I feel like when she's giving a compliment, it's the moment for me to give a compliment back. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes with the do's and don'ts on dating. You know, it's like setting yeah. up the expectation moment. It's like, yeah be interested, make eye contact yeah. and all of that. But it's like, what if I don't want to? Like, not because I'm not saying that I love you back mm -hmm. in that moment, that it means that I don't love you, yeah. you know? And that's something that we have to be aware, but also I don't have the right answer to how to return a compliment. You know, it can be as simply, thank you. And, you know, we're taking the compliment without giving something back or without expectations. But again, I don't know, yeah. it's something that I'm working. And yeah, and it's... As you said, I think it's about doing that. And it's also about moving away from thinking that when someone is very much secure in who they are yes. and they are moving away from social norms of, oh, they didn't do what I expected them to do. Yeah. We need to stop thinking, oh, they're hard to read. They're different. Yes. It's weird. I didn't, you know, get a good read on the situation. It's yeah. just not the norm and that's fine and it's going to feel awkward, but it's still okay. Yeah. One way that my sister and I, I guess not avoid being cocky but one mm -hmm. way that we compliment each other and also kind of amp ourselves up mm -hmm. is that let's say I'll compliment my sister's outfit saying like oh like you look so good and she'll yeah. say like yeah she's having a good day so we create these kind of like ah, alter egos love it. and we start talking about ourselves in the third person okay. and then we just keep going like yeah she's really thriving today <laughs> like it's her day oh. and that's kind of like how we've moved away from it because it's it's comical yeah exactly but it amps ourselves up so it works um, okay but I it's, love it yeah. but that, that I think it speaks volumes about your connection you know your relationship too mm. But I don't know if anyone can like <laughs> keep up that comedy. I personally love that. I yeah. really do. It's a good point but though. It, Maybe you wouldn't say that to someone you're dating. Like, but I mean, <laughs> but I, I think it depends. And, yeah, you know, no, it's true. It's and true. a lot of men, they're going to say like, oh, she's too confident. And that's where I think like it's opening up for more discussions. But a woman that has confidence yeah. and that are able to take a compliment without giving back expectations or something. And, you know, maybe some men, they will feel that kind of like, you know, she's too intimidating. And I think that also is goes with the dating slash flirting game of a woman has to be more vulnerable, you know, more like we romantize that kind of feminine vulnerability of... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, more we need like a savior yes, or exactly. a damsel in distress. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, like with those kind of tactics, romantic tactics that even some women will use. Like we just said, uh, playing dumb, playing dumb. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. some of us, we still romantize ignorance, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, I, did you watch the TV show uh, Emily in Paris, for example? Yes. Well, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and even though I loved, you know, the scenery, the music, 
the yeah. colors, the food and all of that. There was a lot, a lot of ignorance that was shown with uh, Emily. You know, and she was proud to yeah. not speaking French. Sorry. No. And sorry for cutting you off. No, but no, for anyone on. who didn't watch Emily in Paris, it's yes. about a young American girl who travels to Paris mm -hmm. with her marketing agency yeah. to help her company there and kind of immerse herself in French culture as they're bringing on new French clients, I believe. Yeah, to and kind of her, Yeah, and kind yeah. of her journey through that. Exactly. And that's it. She doesn't speak the language. She doesn't speak mm -hmm. French. She speaks not even English, like American. That's something that she would say a lot, <laughs> where we need to Americanize this yeah. company, you know? And she's proud, you know, like for her, it's like her flirting tactic. That's who she is. And she's authentic mm -hmm. and good for her. But at the same time, she, there's so much bashing the French culture and to kind of put her, herself yeah. up. And at the same time, you know, like those men that she will encounter, if you play dumb. Yeah. Some men, they will find that very attractive yeah. on a woman. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's for the man's ego. It's like, their time to shine. Well, that's it. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Oh, listen, all you have to do is follow me. Come here. I'll yeah, show you where yeah. to go. Now you're the savior. Now your ego is so boosted up. And yeah. Absolutely. Emily in Paris felt like an absolute fever dream. And I say this in the way that I watched it and I was mm. like, oh, Paris. And you know, like yeah. they throw in like La Vie en Rose <laughs> and you're like kind of like on this roller coaster of like, man, I want to move to Europe tomorrow. <laughs> But as True. you kind of take a step back, you're like, ooh, uh -huh. this is a problem. Yes. It's a very big problem. And that's one of the very good points that you brought to my attention because at first I thought her ignorance Or not, yeah, her ignorance in regards to cultural appreciation mm. and in regards to just what she said was yeah. because she was American, mm. right? Mm. But it never considered her gender in that. And when you brought it to me and then you kind of see her different love interests and how yeah. she's, you know, the most popular girl in Paris because, yeah, she is ignorant most of the time. <laughs> and that works in her favor because she's super successful, not only with men, but yeah. at her job. Yeah. And to play devil's advocate for men, I think that the mansplaining or just that whole expectation mm. of being the hero and all of that, it affects men in the same way. Of course. And that's why I always, always say that toxic masculinity, it victimizes men and women. Yes. Because yes. mansplaining, why does it sound so weird is because, you know, men, they feel that expectation of having mm. to, to have the answer, yes. to have the explanation, yeah. you know? And to step up and to be that person. And so I think there's that expectation on both sides. Yeah, yeah. But no one really necessarily wants it there. Yeah. And it's one of those other, again, weird social norms that we're kind of all doing. Mm. We don't really like it. We don't really know why. But it feels the most natural because it's a routine and yeah. we're used to it. Yeah. And we're not speaking up. We're not speaking up our mind or anything. Yeah. Like, you know, from, from the woman's side. Because not because she didn't say, I don't like this, that she just automatically like it. She just stay silenced, yeah. you know. But then we will... Um, we will internalize mm -hmm. all of those things. And at some point we will just like explode. Yeah. And then men that will be, well, you know, women are pretty crazy because... We were, we've been doing this for so many times and, you know, now she just said she randomly doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. What if she didn't like it from the beginning? You know, what if we're more honest and we speak up our mind mm -hmm. and we're like, you know what? Like, I know you, you paid for the last time. Now it's my time. Let me treat you. And, and, yeah. and, and that's something that I do love 
a lot in my couple is that mm-hmm. we're very equal, you mm-hmm. know, and we both have our own, uh, let's say, sp- specializations because mm-hmm. we live together and I love to cook. He loves to clean mm-hmm. and, it, and it works perfectly. And like that, women and men were different in so many different mm-hmm. aspects. Not the women and men, but just a person to a person were different, you know. Uh, we can come from the same um, experience, the same context and everything, and we can still mm-hmm. deal experiences differently. We can still be different. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just about finding a balance and how can we do this as a team as opposed of because you're a woman, you have to cook, and because I'm, I'm a man, I have to bring the money. Yeah. Like you said, the patriarchy, it's not good for anyone. And not only that, which is so true, but also the fact that as we move away from these concepts and if mm. we are saying to women, you know what, it's okay if you know it yeah. and you say it and you're proud of it and you own that. Yeah. We have to tell men it's okay that you don't. Exactly. And we don't do that and we skip over that step. And then when they try to compensate for those expectations that have been put on them for, cause they also have expectations, Yeah, you know, like it goes both ways. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that we need to remind ourselves that that work needs to be done for both. And that's how we can move forward with it. And we need to move forward with yeah. it for the sake of everyone's happiness and balance. Mm-hmm. And on that same line of dating and everything comes also the, uh, the idea of how do we deal with breakups? Because yeah. as much as we try to, you know, like know each other and this and that, and there's expectation. Well, at some point, if it doesn't work anymore, and uh, how can we deal with that? Yeah. And I think you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, breakups are quite tricky. I've kind of always wondered when it comes to staying in touch, you know, is that only a good idea? Is it actually viable in practice? Mm. What can we do with that? And I think for me, I've always wished that you could stay in touch, not with everyone, but some people that have come into my life, I was like, you know what, like, this didn't end badly. I wish we could have stayed in contact. But in practice, it's tough. It's much more messier than we think. And so Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting topic because it's not only about staying in touch with the ex, Mm. but it's about staying in touch with his family or her family or their family as well, right? Yeah. And what that means and and kind of what are the rules there? Because Mm -hmm. we were talking a little bit before we started recording about kind of our experiences with that. And we both were in long term relationships. And you I mean, at least for me, in the time that I was in that relationship, my family, you know, my mom was living thousands of kilometers away Mm. my dad was not there often and so they became really my family like they would bring me to my appointments I would go on trips with them it was that closeness and we stayed close for a long time like as long as you know the relationship has been over or or that we were together right we've stayed in touch Mm. but it hasn't always been easy Um, not only navigating that relationship but also the new ones, right? As we moved exactly. on, both of like us. Your actual boyfriend, like how would he feel that you were talking with your ex or that you're staying in touch yeah. with his friends or family or whatever? It's like there's the connection kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, and I mean, for me, it always depended. Some were okay with it. Yep. Some like they understood, um, especially when I talked about that whole family aspect and how young I was and so kind of what that forged Mm. for myself and for the relationships that I built. Mm -hmm. But others were like, (laughs) no. 
And I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get it. And even <sighs> on their side, you know, the partner was not always happy. And I get it. I don't yeah. even know if I would be. And I was in it, right? Oh, like, yeah. it's tough. Yes, I totally understand what you're saying because I've been in both scenarios. Yeah. One of, well, I dated a guy for almost uh, almost more than seven years. So, you know, I kind of grew up with that person. He mm -hmm. saw me evolve in so many different ways. And when we ended up that relationship, yeah. well, I was thinking about his dog, thinking about his family, <laughs> his friends. Yeah. Because I made a whole, like, not a community, but we were together and... And they family. were part of my of my everyday exactly. Yeah. Um. And, and even when my because this ex knew my family, knew my mom, knew my brother, and when my brother had a uh, his first kid, I was like, oh my god, I wouldn't tell him, you know, because mm -hmm. he saw my brother when he was younger. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's becoming a man. Well, yeah. not that a kid makes you a man, anyways. And it's it's more like, oh my god, like I I was wondering how they would react and everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to do anything with, oh, I miss him in a romantic way. I want to, you know, like kind of like ruin the, the relationship he has with another woman or, or stuff like that because he was dating someone else. But it was more of the sake of we had a friendship that was developing at the same time as our romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so like complex mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not sure if my actual boyfriend or Your even current boyfriend. my current boyfriend, thank you, would will like me to stay in touch yeah. with my ex and the same goes for me no, because course. I've been in that other side well where my my boyfriend had was in touch with his ex and yeah. I was like oh, yeah. she's a threat yeah <laughs> she's a threat she wants him back yeah so I understand both sides yeah and I think that of course it has to do a lot with communication and how how much mature emotionally we are to like keep a relationship or a friendship without highlighting, you know, what happened sexually, like our sexual yeah, yeah, past no, together. For sure. To me, where it makes the most sense, mm -hmm. and this is a personal take on it, is really if you were friends before. Yeah. Because if you weren't, I mean, it's not like the person you dated, of course they become your friend, but yeah. What makes it work is that you're also romantically involved. Yes. And so for me, if I didn't have that before and that friendship came because mm. of the love and the romance, yep. and I don't really, I mean, I have enough friends, you know, mm. but mm. it's, yeah, it's tricky. And I think, as you say, it's a nice Idea. sentiment yeah. yeah, to say, oh, I'd love to be on good terms, da, na, na. Yep. But in practice, because we still, as a society, have yep. these feelings of, you know, being threatened or being worried or wondering. Yeah. And not everyone, like, we're talking about mono... Uh, yes. Like, what is it relationships. Mo uh, monogam. I don't think it's that in English, but... No. Uh, <laughs> monogamy. Monogamy? Yeah, monogamy. It sounds so weird. Yeah, the practice or state of being married to one person okay. at that time. Monogamy. Monogamy. Yes. Yes. So... So we're talking about monogamy here. So that's why we have yeah. probably these different issues because it yeah. might not come in other forms of, of relationships, yeah. you know? No, but it's true is that, you know, we live in a modern world where all connections and relationships are one touch away from your phone. So why would I choose one person over all of these different options that I have? And that's where the connection with the person... Yeah 
plays a big role mm. because yes, if the connection is very weak and you know you like them, but until someone else would come, then I think it shows the the fragility of mm -hmm. the connection that you have with, with your actual partner, and that's where everyone can become a threat because they can make like a, a bigger connections with, with you. And you know, we, we hear about like connection here, connection that I have a connection in such a big, deep level. Yeah. And I think that we underestimate a lot what is a connection, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes when let's say you had like a toxic relationship or something, mm -hmm. because we said that, let's say if you had a good connect, like good friendship with your ex, then you like to keep that. Yeah. And I think I forgot to mention that mm -hmm. it, this stems from the idea also that I've always found it unnatural to be so much in someone's life and mm -hmm. have them in yours as well and yeah. share so many intimate moments. They don't have to be sexual. I mean, mm -hmm. feeling wise and, and whatever. Fears. Just living life. Dreams, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And to go from that to nothing because yeah. there's a breakup and oftentimes breakups, it's like, one day to the other, it's it's yeah. all and then nothing, right? Yeah. So that's more what I meant in regards to keeping in touch and keeping that, yeah. you know, having a positive relationship. Not to say I want to be best friends with no, my exes, no. but it's always been important for me to be on good terms. Yeah. It hasn't always been possible, <laughs> but I think that's where it stems from is that I was with these people yeah. for so long and I shared yeah. so much of my life. And so to me, that made the most sense, even if in practice, it mm. didn't always. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's a, a very important thing, access or not, when you develop a connection, even though it's like it's a, there's a rupture, yeah, there's still a connection yeah. and a link between two people, right? And it's like a string that keeps yeah. us attached and connected. And when it was, you know, like a, a good relationship and it finished, well, let's move on. But sometimes the the toxic exes, let's say, they want to like keep and coming back. Mm -hmm. And that comes with the, uh, let's say, like the soul ties. I don't know if you're aware of that term. <laughs> no. No? Well, basically, it's a deep spiritual connection with two people, okay. right? Yeah. So it's uh, it's like a deeper level. So, of course, there's like intimate, sorry, intimate, physical, spiritual, emotional mm -hmm, links. Mm -hmm. So soul ties are, is a form of connection that's just yes. stronger? Exactly. Okay. Where you connect in deeper, like I said, in, in different... Because connections, you can level. build one with your local Starbucks barista, exactly, right? Okay, exactly. Okay. But that connection, let's say, it's more fine, more fragile. And if you don't see that barista every day, yeah. and you don't keep nourishing... Yeah, you won't that be devastated. Well, yes, exactly. It's just like, oh, I forgot about it. But right, you right. did create a little link, yeah. a little string kind of thing. But a when you type. share so much of yourself with someone and exactly. they vice versa do that, then it becomes emotionally a soul tie. Exactly. Interesting. You know? And it can also be used. I was raised uber religious. Mm. And you heard these cautionary tales the way that I was raised anyway, where yeah. that was kind of a reason to keep yourself for marriage so that you wouldn't create all these soul ties with okay. different people okay. because the reasoning behind it was that God didn't want to see you hurt. Oh. So he wants you to keep yourself for marriage okay. so that you don't create all these different connections and then they're hard to break and you're kind of tied to different people because right. when you get married in 
Christian religion, yep. you become one person, right? And so yeah. that tie should be to that one person. Right. So yeah, it can in a lot of forms can be used for control as well. So it's yes. it's very interesting. And just a last little thing about that connection and how we have to be so careful with who we connect with. There is something like in the spiritual world that says that it's even more dangerous to share a bed. So share dreams, let's say sleeping with someone like the actual action of sleeping yeah it's more dangerous than actually having sex with that person you connect mm. more because i'm sleeping you're sleeping and we're so close to each other oh. and even though sex is a type of connection as well it's even more dangerous to connect our energy through dreams by sleeping in the same bed Like, it's more dangerous yeah, that, well. than the other one. So we have to be careful who we choose to have sex. But, you know, if, let's say, you you chose someone because, hey, it's a human need. Uh, don't sleep over. Don't sleep over. That's it's the like, lesson here. I as know, long as you don't sleep over, you're good. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we had fun. This was fun. Okay, well, have a good night. <laughs> Perfect. And that's already in the hookup culture. So yes. I feel like everyone's already doing well. Bravo. <laughs> Clap for them. <laughs> They already knew this. I think so. I think so. <laughs> But I just thought it was very interesting to, point, is, that, to yeah. point that out because most people, they don't know. And even for me, it was like shocking. Yeah. I would think that a sexual connection is like the biggest of all. Yeah. But no, it's the spiritual connection and, and a way huh. to, to connect is through dreams. So wow. that's very interesting. But very yes. cool. Should we do a rapid fire dating show? sort of run through let's do it because wow we've already talked so much there's so much more to say we need a second part we need to include dating shows briefly yes. quickly in this because yes. it's fascinating and yes. interesting yes f boy is one of them that you've been watching f -boy with your island. boyfriend f boy island sorry yes. Yes. f boy island is a show about three women mm -hmm. who go on an island And there's about 25 guys, 25 single guys 24, that come on the island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, single. Mm -hmm. Some of them not. But anyway, don't spoil. <laughs> half of them are F boys, self proclaimed F boys. Yes. And half of them are self proclaimed nice guys. Yeah. And the women Looking date the F boys, yeah. the nice guys. And they kind of have to choose which one they want to fall in love with, or, or they kind of have to choose which one they connect with the most. Yeah. Um, and make sure that it's not an F-boy. Exactly. Very interesting TV show. You can find it on Crave. Uh, I personally really, really like it. But you have to watch this show, not with a 2D as a consumer, like all other things that we've been talking. Uh, you have to have like an open mind when you watch that kind of shows and yeah. go with like, what's behind the actions, what's behind those yeah. things. And they do talk a lot about, oh, you know, I established this connection. I'm so connected in a deeper uh, level with you. I think it's a, a word that comes back a lot of times. And mm -hmm. it's also the concept of having too many choices. Like you said, they are three women and 24 guys. <laughs> and, you know, as yeah. a guy, it's like, okay, first of all, who can I fall in love if you're a nice guy? Because if your idea is for a woman... A one of the three women to fall in love with you well you can't be like the player and you know kind of date mm -hmm. the three of them mm -hmm. because you want to play like the nice guy card so they can fall in love mm -hmm. and if you're a f boy or if you're actually there to find love both cases you can win 100k because of this money aspect of this game it comes a lot of manipulations but also a lot of questions that they don't really maybe ask themselves why am i here really for 
And as a guy, you as mean. a guy, okay. nice guy or not? Well, yeah. when you're a f boy, it's more um, easy to answer that question. It's for the money, yeah. right? So I'm here. I'm gonna use my tactics, see if yeah. it works. And when she falls in love with me, I boom, I win 100k. Their idea, their objective is clear. But mm -hmm. as a nice guy, it's like okay, I'm here to find the love of my life, and I want to be this girl. Well, you have to be conscious that this girl is also giving a chance to those 24 guys, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And and something that my boyfriend, because I watch it with my boyfriend, he really, really want me to say, and I agree with him, is that, yes, nice guys, they, they're there to find their love, but are they there to find love with nice girls mm -hmm. or with F girls? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, those three women, they're like making different connections, and, and I just think it's interesting about that concept of too many choices that we find, you know, in Tinder and the, yeah. and the modern applications. And the double standard as well. I mean, yeah. I'm watching Love Island as well. And yes, I know I'm watching a lot of reality TV. <laughs> I told everyone that I was a huge buff. She is, she is. But um, no, I think that even in Love Island, you see there is this double standard just like yeah. there is in F-Boy Island yeah. where... If men take their time and look at their different options and ask themselves what they want, then they're a player. They're immature. They don't know what they want. Yeah. But for women who do that in F-Boy Island and yep. even in Love Island, they're kind of, she's doing her. She's putting herself first. She's looking at her options. You know what? She's being selfish and yeah. she's going for what she wants. Good for her. Yeah. And that double standard, it hurts men as well. And like you said, with Kevin asking himself that, your That's boyfriend, boyfriend yeah. as he was watching... It's a valid question. And it I is. don't think it's something that we've questioned in that show before. Yeah. Because if you were to reverse the genders, yeah. then it becomes a bit trickier. You exactly. Know? That would be interesting if the the men were the nice, the self-proclaimed nice boys. Yeah. And there are 24 girls kind of like yeah. fighting for their love. Yeah. But yes, again, we have to be aware that, you know, what what will happen if we will change the gender roles, Yeah, right? and it's not Twilight. No yeah. one's expecting you to come in. I mean, I think we are. In a way, you expect people to come in and first look and they just fall in love. It's love at yeah. first sight, but yeah. we need to give anyone that comes in, you know, yeah. no matter their gender, yeah. enough space and enough grace to process the yes. relationships and yes. to date. It's a dating show. It's not a fall in love at first sight show no, so yeah. we need to relax a little bit if someone switches their mind or they want to take a bit more time to explore their options they're not playing they're dating exactly exactly and something that i really really wanted to say and that i've been dying to to incorporate into incor this episode yes is about the male and female energy and it is linked with what we just said you know some of these uh, behaviors that we can encounter in some people that have male energy. And now when I say female or male energy, I'm not talking about gender. So it's not about the body and, and doesn't have to do anything mm -hmm. with binary gender as well. It's something more like spiritual. So as all of us, we know, we have left and right atmosphere of the brain and both of them, they work differently. Yeah. And as a species, the, the humankind we are, we're more in a male energy society, patriarchy, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about the energy that we yeah. will give more attention or more, um, like, a better place mm -hmm. in the society. Mm -hmm. There is more space for male energy in our ex society. Exactly. Yeah. And recently, I watched a very interesting TEDx 
Uh, I think you can find it on YouTube from Sarah Poet. So that's the name of the speaker. Okay. And it's called Consciously Reclaiming the Feminine and Masculine Within Each of Us. Very interesting. And she talks about this male versus female energy. And her story is that she was a principal in school. And she would say that, you know, I was bossy at work. And when I would come back, I was bossy at home too. Mm -hmm. So she has a lot of this like authoritarian dominance and simply being a boss mm -hmm. in all of her, the, her aspects in life. But the thing that she would say is that she developed her male energy a lot. And as a consequence for it, she would repress her feminine side, her female energy. And then she said that male and female energy need to coexist for wholeness. We need both to work. A bit like what briefly I said about the yin yang on the last episode, you know, is that we need both opposites to have balance mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. And she would talk about this female, uh, sorry, feminine and masculine energy as a foundational archetypes. So not as, like I said, a gender, right? And you know, it's a polarity. It's not a binary. And a lot of people, they would say, well, they're two opposite, but in reality, they are two concepts that needs to exist Co at the exist. same time. Exactly. So it needs to be a dance in between mm -hmm. with those two sides. And when you repress one of them, well, you're not healthy anymore. You, you're not balanced anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this society, we chose to put the male energy, like I said, higher as mm -hmm. in the female energy. Yeah. And I have so many examples that she said in her, in her TEDx. But just to give you an example, we will put logic over intuition. Or we will put cognition over emotion. Mm -hmm. And we need to be aware of our both energy, like I said, because one without the other becomes a toxic masculinity. And that's because our women, our feminine energy is repressed. Our no, female our energy. Our female, sorry. Yes. And as a society, we have what she calls a collective trauma of separation, domination, and control. Mm -hmm. And we will never be very happy if we don't achieve that kind of balance. So all of us, we have to be aware which side of us we give more attention and we give more caring mm -hmm. and which one needs to be more developed and more cherished and more nourished nourished exactly mm -hmm. it's super interesting i don't know enough about it to have an opinion on it but i certainly love to learn more about it and yeah. to shift away from perhaps something that's been used as more of a sexist tactic yeah to something that's a lot more intellectual so thank you for no. bringing that so before we wrap up the episode mm -hmm. episode four i do want to hear what you brought uh, the Spanish expression that you'd like to share today. Yes. So the expression for today's episode is Al que al cielo escupe, en la cara le cae. So mm. this means that whoever spits at the sky, the spit will fall back on their face. Mm -hmm. So we can think about, you know, it, this is part karma and also part the gravity law, mm -hmm. right? But when you do speed up, everyone knows that it will eventually come down to your face. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, as funny as this expression may sound, we have to be careful what we do that 
brings people down mm. because we just never know how this negative impact will come back at us. I love that. I think it's super interesting and it also speaks to the importance of how you bring things to people. Yeah. Because I think we were in a time where we're very entitled to our opinions. Yeah. And we feel very, very strongly about them. Yeah. And the ways in which we share them sometimes, they kind of almost promise that it won't be received well either, right? So it's really yeah. a an effort on both sides of the person that is has that openness to, to receive and to hear it, but also yeah. the person that's delivering. Exactly. Like a horizontal conversation where yeah. I'm talking, you're talking, and even though we have different point of views. We're on the same level. If, we're conver yeah. if we are taking the time mm -hmm. to conversate and to listen up your point and my point. Yeah. I think that gives us space to love more us and the conversation and yeah. the person. This was the dating episode uh, that I think we're finishing more with a love positive note and and listen up for more. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, self-love. Yes. So thanks for being with us. It was a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. Yes. And we'll see you next week. And that's a wrap. We hope you'll learn something while still having fun. As always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at stillhavingfunpodcast at gmail.com. We'd absolutely love to hear how we can continue to host a conversation that is safe, inclusive, and welcoming. And until our next episode, we invite you to speak up so everyone can still have fun.